Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, real quick, I just want to say I'm sorry I didn't release an episode last week. I've been trying to do it every Friday. Didn't have time last week. Didn't make time. Um, but I just finished recording the episode for this Friday, so look out for that. I get into a little more detail on the infinite cycle. Um, and I talk about a pretty cool aha moment I had a couple weeks ago while I was doing this infinite cycle training at work. Just something clicked. It was a really cool moment. So I share that. I actually don't think I specify that moment, but it's, it's the, I talk about justify. So just tune into that episode watch for the the time and the moment that I talk about justifying and that was the aha moment <laughs> all right um so for this episode I'm going to read part 3 of of the gatekeeper um and in this epi- or in this part I actually reveal who the gatekeeper is all right so this is this part 3 is titled the gatekeeper um, I'm extremely excited about this one. This is one of my most favorite writings that I've done. Uh, and I look forward to taking you the, in, and doing the, you know, the, the behind the scenes or whatever of all the depth that I had on my mind while I was writing this. Um, and just before I get into this, mom, I just want you to know that I love you. Um, I'm so grateful you're still with us. You are seriously one of the strongest humans I've ever known. And I don't know what life would look like without you. So I'm seriously, mom, I love you. Thank you for being here. Keep pushing through. You're an incredible human. You've raised incredible kids. And I just, I just want you to know that I love you. All right. So let's I don't know how to like transition I feel all weird now but it is what it is you get the genuine Clyde every time so let's just get right into it all right here we go part three the gatekeeper dear Clyde I'm sorry that I've drove you to hate me I never wanted it to be like this it's just that I'm not very good at communicating but I hope what I have to say will will help you understand me a little better first of all Your mom wasn't supposed to be a distraction. She was supposed to be a sign. See, her and everyone else that is running from depression end up finding me. I've never persuaded anyone to kill themselves, including your mom. Her and I began talking around the same time I met your father. It didn't take long for me to see the torment that depression was causing both of them. I realized that it all started shortly after their divorce. I tried reaching out to you so that I could warn you about the condition of your parents, but you were so hard to reach. Anytime I thought I had an opportunity, you would slip away. Then, one day, your mom came to me, begging me to save her from depression and to take her away. I tried so hard to, to convince her to try another route, and luckily, she listened. I hoped that this would open your eyes to the depressing cancer that was rapidly spreading through throughout both of your parents which it almost did but naturally your attention was focused on your mom at least at that point I was able to concentrate more on your father I tried like hell to get your dad to quit drinking 
unfortunately, alcohol was like a portal that allowed him and I to, to communicate. Kind of like pen and paper for you and I. Your dad thought my voice created a comfort and shelter from the depression. I tried to tell him that it was the whiskey warming his body and numbing his nerves. He never did believe me. Oh, that reminds me. I've been meaning to ask what your attempt was in trying to help him with his drinking problem. Anyways, his visits started to be more and more frequent, so I feared it wouldn't be long until he didn't want to run and hide anymore. I felt like I tried all I could, so I suggested that he try finding comfort and shelter from a doctor, but he thought I was trying to get rid of him. He got so angry so fast. I think it was the alcohol making him act that way. I tried to reason with him, but there was no getting through to him. Then, all of a sudden, he just stopped. Everything went silent, and the chaos seemed to disappear into thin air. He closed his eyes and began whispering. It was almost like he was praying. Next thing I knew, he had the barrel beneath his chin, cocked the hammer, and pulled the trigger. Clyde, I hope you can see now that I'm not the one to blame. I've always been the one people turn to if they can't escape depression's relentless pursuit. Not once have I persuaded someone to kill themselves. In fact, I'm always the last one trying to help. I'm the one who tries to con- tries to convince people to find another path. Although I'm known as suicide, I'm actually just the g- gatekeeper of suicide's gate. And it's my unfortunate duty to open that gate. I'm able to speak to them before they choose to go through the gate, and sometimes I'm able to convince them to find a different path. More times than not, I'm I'm unable to save them. I understand the way you and basically the entire population of your world feel about me. I just hope that you will give me another chance to show you who and what I'm really capable of. I think that You and I would make a great team in efforts to combat the real enemy, depression. I I hope to hear back from you soon. Sincerely, The Gatekeeper. Man, I actually forgot how raw I got in this episode, or in this, uh, this part. So, I hope you guys like that. Um, Let's just, I'm just going to kind of go through... A little bit deeper you know what what some things meant as I was writing this um, so right off the bat the very first paragraph um, you know the gatekeeper writes it's just that I'm not very good at communicating uh, I think that that is the case Anytime somebody's really at the point of suicide, I think that we're not good at communicating. We don't feel like we can communicate. You know what I mean? It's it's always a surprise, right? It's always like, man, I didn't see this coming. And I think that that needs to change. We need to be be better at communicating and and not just communicating, but us on the other side, we need to be better at listening um i think all too often we try to just just push it off because we don't want to you know we don't want to carry that burden we don't want to carry the burden of saving somebody so we just downplay it and make it seem like it's not a big deal and like hey just 
just buck up, cowboy up, rub some dirt on it, right? But we need to be better at that on the communication side of listening. Um, and then, so let's get into the, the next paragraph, right? Where uh, the gatekeeper says, my mom wasn't supposed to be a distraction. She was supposed to be a sign. Um, I think that that was cool because, you know, I did write this from my point of view, but as the gatekeeper and from my point of view, I did see my mom and my dad, their, their mental health start to decline. Um, I saw it more rapid with my mom more quickly with her, but I did see it with my dad. Um, if the drinking and the smoking wasn't a, a good sign in itself, there was other clues you know, as I look back, there were other clues, but it was still like when, when he did kill himself, it was still a surprise, but I think that there were clues, there were signs all along. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so then I go into how uh, the gatekeeper and my mom started their relationship. And then it was also during the time that my father and the gatekeeper started their relationship. Um, and then, you know, my mom attempted first, luckily she was not successful. Luckily she's still here with us today. Um, but yeah, after that moment, I, I really did, um, focus on my mom. I, you know, I, I had moved into her house. I, you know, the reason we were in Florida was I wanted to get her away. I wanted to get her away from her boyfriend, from her current situation. You know, it goes back to one of the episodes where I was talking about, you know, the significance and the certainty. Like, it, it made me kind of a controlling person. I, I wasn't like, I didn't force my mom to go to Florida, of course, but that was the hidden agenda behind it all was to get her away. And I felt like I was the only one capable of doing that for my mom. Um, and then it just so happened that during that time is when my dad killed himself. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was a very conflicting time in my life. You know, I, I was so worried about my mom. I, I kind of forgot and ignored my dad. I even got to the point of irritation and annoyed with him. You know, every time he would call, I would just assume that he was, he was drunk and didn't want to talk to him. It was kind of a jerk. Um, and, you know, it, it was, that's been a hard thing for me to deal with, for me to process and, and let go. But it's true, you know, it, it, it just, I was focused on my mom and I felt like my dad was kind of being a pain in the ass, <laughs> to say the least. You know, it was like, dad, mom just attempted suicide. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, I don't know. I was pretty annoyed with him. And then, so when he, when we got the phone call, when we found out that he killed himself, like it was very difficult for me to like, just get through for me to process because I didn't want either parent to die. I didn't want either parent to kill themselves. I did not think my dad would, you know, and, and if I'm being honest, I felt like my dad was a little stronger than my mom, um, which is a mistake. You should never assume that 
a male is going to be mentally stronger than a female. Um, but yeah, I, I was definitely not prepared for that. Um, I think I, I said this once before, but I actually thought that it was my brother when, when I knew that something was wrong, I thought it was my brother. And then my second guess was my dad for whatever reason, maybe it was just intuition, but, um, anyway, yeah. Um, and then, uh, when the gatekeeper is telling me that, um, he tried like hell to get your dad to quit drinking. Unfortunately, alcohol was like a portal. Um, I compare that to me and my writing, you know, a lot of the times that I wrote poetry and posted it on Facebook, it was it was the most depressing moments of my life. And so it was it was basically me communicating with with the gatekeeper. You know, I I didn't recognize it at the time, but looking back, like that's for sure what I was doing. I was and then what I was getting by posting it on Facebook was some reassurance and some support that helped me get through it all. Um, but it was just a distraction, right? Like I was in my infinite cycle and my distraction was poetry. And so every time that wore off and I was faced with reality again, I would fall back into that infinite cycle and then I would write another poem, right? Just back and forth. Um, and then, uh, the last line in that paragraph, I've been meaning to ask you what your attempt was in trying to help him with his drinking problem. I wrote that because I feel I have felt so guilty for not being brave enough to talk to my dad about his drinking. Um, and since then I've done a little better job, you know, bringing it up with my mom or bringing it up with myself, with friends. Like I I drink myself. I have, I drink alcohol. I drink beer. Um, every once in a while I'll party and, and drink more than normal. I'll get drunk. I'll actually get drunk. Um, but when I notice that it's kind of taking over somebody's life, I definitely try to bring it up because I don't want to have that guilt if that person does end up killing themselves. Um, anyways, let's move on to the next paragraph. Um, his visits started to get more and more frequent, which that was me saying, cause remember the alcohol was the portal. So now those visits were getting more and more frequent, meaning his drinking problem was getting worse. Um, and then, you know, I think this happens too, is like when we suggest to people to, to go to therapy, they can get defensive because they don't want, sometimes we don't actually want to face our problems. We just want, remember a, uh, a really good way, a really quick way to feel significant is to have a significant problem. And we get used to sharing that significant problem to the point that if somebody offers a solution to the problem, we get defensive, right? Because we're trying to protect that. We're trying to prevent and protect. And so I like that I put that in there, you know, gatekeeper suggested my dad to, to find a doctor. Um, but he thought he was, he thought 
the gatekeeper was trying to get rid of him and then he got angry so fast so ironically like i didn't know about the infinite cycle at the time but ironically i'm writing this or as i'm reading this i basically wrote that my dad went into this infinite cycle right his perception was that he had the gatekeeper to talk to well now he feels like the gatekeeper's trying to get rid of him so he got angry really fast um that's kind of cool that i'm reading that now that i know what the infinite cycle is but anyway and so as we move through this that infinite cycle turned into a distraction which the distraction was suicide right man that's really cool i i uh, i did not know about the infinite cycle as i was writing this but as i'm reading it i'm reading somebody who is in an infinite cycle that is so cool anyway um and then at the end of this i this is when i got more i was becoming more and more brave with the raw the raw feelings that i was writing about and so that the last line next thing i knew he had the barrel beneath his chin cocked the hammer and pulled the trigger that was so hard to write for the first time but once i did and it, it felt so good to get that out of me man you'll see i get way more raw and way more yeah, way more raw with my writing moving forward. But anyway, um, and then the next paragraph is where he he tells me that he's not the one to blame. It's actually depression. Um, and then the next paragraph, I'm I'm known as suicide, but I'm actually the gatekeeper. And and I at that moment I realized, man, that's actually a really f- shitty job to have, right? To be the guy who's the last person that we see as we're we're wanting to kill ourselves, and he's there he doesn't want to open the gate but it's his job it's his duty he's been cursed or sentenced or whatever like that's it's what he has to do and so if he's unable to convince them with his words he has to open that gate and i think that that's man this is so cool I'm having so many like aha moments right now. Like that is what I, my mission is, right? My mission is to master your, my perception and it's to help people master theirs. Like I call myself a perception coach. I want to help people with their perception because it's those words. It's the words that we tell ourselves that create our perception that can lead to suicide it's the language we use it's the the self-talk right that just puts us further and further it, it moves us closer and closer to the gatekeeper and so and then the gatekeeper also only gets to use language to try and stop us there's no physical thing that i or the gatekeeper can do to prevent suicide like that has to come with the individual and the third piece of our perception, which is physiology. Anyway, sorry, that was a total tangent. Had to share it. Um, and then I think that the last paragraph, I think that you and I would make a great team in efforts to combat combat the real enemy, depression. So after this, I, I start to share my journey as I go to find the gatekeeper. And just a little spoiler, think about what that means, right? 
I'm going to find the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper is the the person that is at suicide's gate. And so how do I have to get there? Or what could you assume that I have to do in order to get to the gatekeeper? Right? So that's kind of a cool little twist that I put on it. But anyway, um, I hope you guys like this one. I think this is one of my best writings. Um, I know I didn't read it as well as I wrote it. So for sure, I'll include this in the show notes so you can read it as I read it. You can read along as I read it. Um, but anyway, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I can't wait to release the next episode. I can't wait to read part four. Um, I might actually read part four and part five together because part four is kind of short. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what I do when I get there. All right. I'll talk to you guys later.